This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Luke chapter 7, I'm going to go to verse 36. We're going to read 11 verses. Maybe for you this is a lot of scripture and you haven't read the Bible in a long time. You're like, 11 verses? Whoa, slow down. 11 verses. We're going to read 11 verses, a little bit of a story here, but I hope that you're encouraged by what I'm about to read. Luke chapter 7, verse 36. It says, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and he reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, so she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man is a prophet, he would know who was touching him and what kind of a woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I, I, I want to tell you something. Tell me, teacher, he said, two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 50, 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, now tell me, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, well, this is easy. I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. He says, you have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house and you did not give me any water for my feet. But she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she, she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has been shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, always loves little. Jesus is explaining and telling a beautiful story about those who have been forgiven much. I don't know about you, but I'm very cognizant and aware today of the reality that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. Anybody else? Anybody just comfortable enough to say, I'm a sinner? Just let me see your hand. If you, you okay, you are aware. If you are God and you're perfect, that's cool. Do you, boo-boo. But the rest of us, we're going to be over here going like, sinner, big time, awful, very bad. Sinner. Anybody else? Just sinner. He says, whoever has been forgiven of much always, well, they love a lot. And it's people that are convinced that they're just forgiven a little bit. They, they are those that tend to just give a little bit because they're not convinced that they've been forgiven of much. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that my past, as bad as it is, that the sins, as much as I've committed, God has forgiven me from so much. Anybody else grateful for this? This is the God. Come on, we can applaud for that. I'm okay with a little golf clap for that. That's all right. I, I want to preach a message. If you're taking notes, you can write down the title. It's called, Have You Replied Yet? Have you replied yet? 
And I'm going to pray and I'm going to believe that God will come and by the power of his spirit, he'll, he'll, he will encourage us today. By the way, if you are new to church, can we put our hands together and thank everybody that have come to church for the first time or the first time in a long time? Come on, let's make some noise and make them feel welcome today. Thank you so much for coming today. If you are new, our prayers that you feel at home you'd feel welcomed, and that we believe here at our church, it, this is for a build up, not a beat down. So we believe that when you leave here today, you're gonna leave feeling good about yourself, feeling good about God, feeling strengthened and encouraged so you can have the best week of your life. Somebody say amen. Come on, let's pray together. Let's ask God to come and speak. Jesus, thank you for our church. Thank you for all that you're doing that we can't see, that we don't know about yet. We say yes and amen to your will and to your ways. We acknowledge this morning of your kindness your faithfulness, your compassion, and your grace. We are resting in it. We are literally sinking in your goodness today. We declare that over every business and every marriage, every family, every child, God. Thank you for how good and gracious you are. We love you more than life itself. And God, as a church, we are declaring every single week that this first year back in LA, that the Los Angeles Rams will win the Super Bowl. God, we know it's gonna take a miracle from heaven. So we ask, Lord, do what you can, Lord, do what you can. And we declare it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on, Rams fans. Let's make a little bit of noise this morning. We are Rams church. Can I get a witness? We're a Lakers church. Can I get a witness? We are Dodger church. Can I get a witness? We are a... Uh, USC, UCLA Church, can I get a witness? <laughs> we, can I say our church, we are USC football and UCLA basketball. I don't know if we can do that, but that's what we are. Like, man, you guys are confused. So what? Judge yourself. But um, I don't know if you are bad at this, if you can just confess this, if you're like myself. Anybody, you don't want to be this person, but just life gets busy and things happen and you get distracted and you're on social media. Anybody here like myself, you admit that you sometimes forget, I know it's awful, but you sometimes forget to text back. Let me just see your hand if you're sometimes bad at, let, let me just see your hand if you are just awful at the text back. You're just, you are bad. Raise your hand if you know a friend that you wish you could change their text back custom and 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 their their customer service back to you just point at them and raise your hand if they're in the church service just point at them right now and just say this person just shame let's just do shame culture in the church shame on you repent for the kingdom of God is near you need to get your text message right somebody say amen I, I don't know if you've noticed this but we live in this like RSVP culture like, I feel like nowadays we've got to reply to so much. Like, I wake up in the morning and just like you probably, the first thing that I do is I roll over and I check my phone. I see the emails that have come in. I see the text messages that have come in. I decide right on the spot, am I going to reply to these emails right now? Am I going to text somebody back right now? The answer is no, I'll do it two hours later. And, 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 and we, we've got this whole conditional continual RSVP thing. We got to get back to everything. We get invitations to all kinds of stuff today. I mean, you get invited to weddings. You get invited to funerals. You get invited to baby showers. You get invited to gender reveals. You get invited to parties. You get invited to after parties. You get invited to all... Anybody feel like your whole life is a bunch of invitations? Just there's always stuff going on. There's always things happening. And I like that we get these emails. Do you get these emails for parties now? Like forget the, the, like the, the card stock. It's all about the email 
email. And when you get the email, it says so-and-so is having a birthday party at this particular place. And you, you can view the invitation or you can just click right now, yes, no, or maybe so. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Now, it, let me just teach you something socially. When you get the email, when the email comes in and you look at it, it is a rude thing. It is a rude thing to just click no. Like, who are you to think you could just click no? You invited me, no. That's all you're going to put is no, no, no comment, no explanation. You just, you're going to rock up and say, no, who do you think you are to say no? Who raised you to just click no? Who do you think you are clicking no? If you click yes, you don't have to give a comment. You're coming. If you click no with no comment, I'm never inviting you again. You're a son of a gun. Somebody say amen to that. And, and, and it is a worse thing to click no than the no reply. The no reply, people get busy. They got stuff going. They, they, you know, you, you have your, your different things going on. Recently, I, I, was, I was on uh, Instagram scrolling through, and I saw some close, I thought they were close friends, some close friends of ours, and their daughter had their wedding. The daughter is at the wedding. The daughter's in her gown at the wedding. I see multiple photos from the wedding there's a lot of photos and it's at a wedding. I can see everybody's outfit because I don't follow one family. I follow everybody in the family. This is going on while I'm at my home. I'll get offended. I said to my wife, Julia, I said, babe, did we not get offended? Did we not get invited to this wedding? I started to think in my head how much I hate these people now. I was like, you know what? We were never friends. I don't really like them. You know what? His breast stinks. I don't like his cologne is off. Is he still wearing polo sport? I started getting upset at the guy. I'm telling Julia, did we not get invited to the wedding? She looks at me and she says, no, actually, I think I remember seeing the invitation come in the mail, but I forgot to RSVP. I looked at her and I said, woman, you are something else. I could have been having chocolate cake today with my friends. I'm here on my couch watching golf. We forgot to RSVP. We forgot to reply. When I ask you today, have you accepted the invitation from heaven to live in the world of the generous? And we've talked about this, that God himself is a generous God. That Jesus, the humble servant, he is a generous Jesus. But did you realize this morning that God has invited you to respond to all of God's generosity. Let's just for a second, so we're all on the same page, let's just make sure we all understand just how generous God is. Our God is a loving God. He is a provider. He is one that gives. He is one that forgives. He is one that loves us. He is one that gives mercy. Anybody thankful today that God doesn't give a little bit of love, but he gives a whole bunch of grace. He gives a whole bunch of mercy. He gives, a, come on, anybody thankful today that that's the God that we serve? In all of your receiving, have you accepted the invitation to be a giver, to be generous, to join in the nature and the character of this kingdom, which this kingdom is all about giving? The Bible says it is more blessed to give than it is to what? And let me just give you a heads up. The rest of your life, you're going to be receiving. You're going to be receiving forgiveness and grace and love. You're going to be receiving blessings. You're going to be receiving favor the rest of your life. You can wake up in the morning and say, new mercy today. You can wake up in the morning and say, I am a child of God. You can wake up in the morning and say, I have been forgiven. I have been healed. I have been cleansed. I have been washed in the blood of Jesus. The rest of your life, all you are going to do for sure is receive. My question, have you accepted the invitation to not only receive but to give. I love this story. 
in Luke chapter seven. It's a story of a sinner. Anybody by show of hands, you can relate at where the sinner's at today. People that would admit you are a sinner. This lady hears that Jesus is at a house and she is so moved by his life and his ministry that she says, I could care less whose house this is. I'm about to go to that house and I'm gonna find my Lord and Savior and I'm gonna stand behind him. She is so fearful of her sin. She's like, I've been to some dark places. I've done some deep stuff. I have touched some things, seen some things, smoked some things. I have done some bad things in my day. She is so moved by the grace of Jesus that when she gets to the house, she cannot stand in front of him. She can only stand behind him. She stands behind him because she's fearful. She stands behind him because she can't believe she's in his presence. She stands behind him because she feels awful and shameful about what she's done and who she is. And watch what she does. She stands behind Jesus and she begins to cry and she begins to weep. And she's so moved by Jesus that all of a sudden she can't help herself. For some reason, she thought, I don't have money to bring this guy, but I've got this alabaster jar of oil. Maybe I'll just take that. You know what? In life, you don't give God what you don't have. You can only give him what you do have. She says, all I got is this little, I'm going to take the jar of oil. I'm going to take my sins. I'm going to take my tears. I'm going to go see Jesus. She stands behind Jesus and she begins to weep. And all of a sudden in the middle of standing behind him, she is so moved that she literally begins to cry on his feet. Her tears are falling down on his toes and she feels so bad. She begins to wash his feet with her tears and the oil and her hair. Jesus is so moved by this woman. He can sense the disdain of the others. I hate religious people. Religious people always want to quantify who deserves a shot at Jesus and who doesn't. Religious people always want to say, well, these people are accepted in church, but those people are not. That's a spirit of religion that says you are qualified to stand next to Jesus, but you are not because of your sins. Anybody thankful that though we are all sinners, by the grace of God, we can draw near to Jesus this morning. That's a great golf clap. Anybody thankful that by the grace of God, we can all come close to Jesus? Jesus can, he can sense the disdain of the crowd, can he? He says, let me ask you a question. There's two people that, that owe this money lender some money. One is a huge, massive bill. The other one, the bill is not so much. He says, the money lender is gracious and forgives the debt, cancels out the debt of both. He says, let me ask you a question. Who do you think is more grateful? The one with a little debt or the one with the greater debt? Simon's like, that. Jesus, this is two plus two equals four math. Of course, the one with the greater debt is more grateful. He says, isn't it interesting? This is so fascinating about life. He says, isn't it interesting that those who have been forgiven much they always want to give much. I'm just going to give you a few thoughts to write down and encourage you today. But can you write down number one? Number one is exactly that point this morning. If you've been forgiven much, you want to give much. It, 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 it just, it just every single time I see this time and time again, if, if, you, if you've been forgiven, like if you know what a sinner you are, you know what a sinner you've been. You ever meet that guy that loves to brag about their past or that girl that loves to always tell you what they, you, oh, you, oh, you should have seen me back in the day. Oh, back, back if those, this was five years ago. Oh, five. If college guy me, college guy me would have been crazy. College guy me. And they're always bragging about what they used to be. I can always tell someone that's been forgiven much and 
understands Jesus because they don't brag about where they've been. They're really excited about where they're going. They're really excited about grace. They're all about sowing and giving. They're not dwelling on the past because the past has been canceled out. They're all excited about the future. They love to give. They live to give. Why? Because they understand I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but somehow by the grace of God, I can see now. I was dead, but by the grace of Jesus, somehow he found me and I'm alive today. Anybody thankful today that even though your sins were as crimson, anybody believe this morning that you've been washed as white as snow? Don't ever get trapped in the thought that you have been forgiven little. All of us in this room should all feel the same amount of weight like, whoo, I cannot believe how much God's forgiven me. Let me just tell you, I grew up in a pastor's home with two parents who are married. I have th There's three children in our family. We love each other. We have a great family. I had a great, great upbringing. But can I tell you, I am fully aware of how much God has forgiven me. God has forgiven me of all my sins, and yet I am still a sinner, and I do not deserve grace. It is because I have a realization and a revelation of how much I've been forgiven. It is easy to want to give much. It is easy to want to give back and say, God, thank you so much for your grace that is so overwhelming. It's interesting. People that understand they're forgiven, they never care about how much they give because they realize God is not worried about the amount. He is only concerned with the heart. In fact, write that down on your notes today. Number two, that man wants to look and worry about the amount. But anybody thankful today that God looks at the heart? I love the story in the Bible. It's a story of this widow that comes and gives the offerings. And you know, this day, you know, in church, you know, we give online or we give on a text message or we give on an app or whatever. And you know, the bucket goes by and hey, by the way, when the bucket goes by, don't judge people for, not, for being cheap, not putting nothing in. Maybe they give online. So stop judging them. Okay. Stop giving them a stank eye. Like mm, you cheap, you stingy towards Jesus. Mm. Don't do it. Maybe they give online, give them a pass, be nice to them. This lady, she comes up, and in this day, they would bring their offerings to the altar. She comes, and she's a widow, and she doesn't have much. The Bible says she brings two coins and puts them in the offering. Now, I will just socially give you a heads up. If you're watching people's offerings, that's mad word, weird, yo. Like, don't do it. Like, just kind of like, it's like when someone enters their pin or, you know, or their passcode on their phone. Don't look. Just look away. Like, I don't ever, I don't want to be friends with a guy that's like, I'm entering my passcode on my phone and you're watching. Don't do That's weird. It's weird if a man looks at the offering, but it says that Jesus is watching these offerings. And all of a sudden, this lady comes up with two coins and she gives in the offering plate and Jesus stops the whole thing. And he says, oh my gosh, did, you, did everybody see this? This woman, she gave more than everybody. Jesus, what are you talking about? There were some guys that dropped 1,000. There were some guys that might've dropped 10,000. There, there was one couple that dropped 500 in the plate. What do you mean that this woman gave more than the other people? Yeah, because God is never worried about the amount that you give. He's worried about the heart that you give. He's worried about what's coming from the heart. Watch this in Luke and let's read this exact story together and read what Jesus says to this woman. As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts in the temple treasury. And he also saw a poor widow putting in two very small copper coins. He says, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth. In other words, translation, it didn't cost them anything. Can I ask you a question today? When you give to the Lord, what does it cost you? 
Does it cost you 3% or 5%? Do you obey the law of what God said to give 10%? Because God's not interested in you just going like, oh, this doesn't, it's not gonna affect me. It's it's like a tip to God. It's like a little something, just like I got some extra cash. This this last week I was somewhere and, and someone gave me a holy handshake. Do you know what a holy handshake is? A holy handshake is when someone shakes your hand and got cash in it. I'm like, ooh, that's holy right there. That's from Jesus. Yes, it is. I'm blessed, so are you now. <laughs> so someone gave me a holy handshake and it, it's extra. It's not, it's not in my paycheck. It's not what I earned. It's, I can do whatever I want with it. Jesus is saying, these guys gave out of their wealth out of their abundance, this lady gave to God something that would cost her. Something that would cost her. You know, at the end of the day, each person here today, you have to determine in your heart what you're gonna give to God. You have to decide, because God does not love a reluctant giver. He doesn't love one that gives sparingly. He loves a cheerful giver, one that is purposed and decided, God has been so good, I'm going to give back to him because God has been so gracious to my home. Can I read to you one awesome verse in 2 Corinthians chapter nine? Actually, it's a few verses, but watch what Paul says. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Oh, let me just say that part again. I'm gonna read it from this screen because y'all gotta wake up a little bit. So let each one, everybody awake today. So let each one give as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a what? He loves a, this widow rocked up and she was not holding her two coins like this religion thing sucks. I got two coins and now he's asking for it. I hate going to church. Church people always want my money, dang it. No, she walked up with two coins and said, I am so grateful I've been forgiven and I've got grace and I've got Jesus and my debt has been paid and my debt has been canceled. I gladly give to God. Here's all my money. These guys gave a tip to Jesus, but Jesus was, he was satisfied with the one who was not concerned with the amount. He was pleased with the heart. Giving to God is not an issue of finance. It's an issue of heart. It's an issue of saying, my heart has been healed. My life has been cleansed. I am going to a greater heaven, not this earth. I will not go to hell. I will not be here forever. I'm going to a better place. And so God, I don't just give you my money. I give you my life. That is the reality of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So can I, let me encourage you with your finances today. Don't go idle Write down number three. Don't go idle when we are called to be fruitful. Don't go idle. Like, don't go taking your money and just going like, you know what? I'm just gonna sit on my finances. I'm just gonna sit on my talent. I'm gonna sit on the gifts that God's given me. No, no, no. Don't go idle when God has called us to be fruitful. Like, in other words, let me say it this way. Why would you be inactive when you have the potential to be impactful? Why would you sit on the sidelines when God has called you to be in the game? Don't go inactive. Don't go idle. Idle is the worst. You're going to get picked off if you stay idle. If you don't invest into your marriage, you're going to lose your marriage. If you don't invest into your calling, you're going to, you're going to you squander your calling. Don't go idle when you're called to be fruitful. You and I have been called to be fruitful. We've been called to be fruitful and multiply. That means make more children. Somebody say amen to that. My wife received that. She did. I feel it. I felt the ghost. Whoa. And don't go idle. When you, are, you and I are called to be fruitful, 
It's this unbelievable story in the Bible in Matthew 25. And Jesus tells this story about this guy that gave out some talents. He said to one guy, he gave him five talents. To another guy, he gave him two talents. And to one, he got one talent. Let me just say something to you this morning. If you're here in the audience and you feel like you only got one, but you're friends with somebody that has five, don't be jealous with them. Just get in their car and roll around the city with them, okay? Don't be jealous. Just be like, yo, you got five talents. Can I get in your Rolls Royce and roll around? Holler at your boy. And so... He said, one got one, one got two, one got five. Now watch what the five did. The five, he was not idle. He was fruitful with the five, turned it into 10. The two, he was not idle with the two. He turned the two into four. He invested, he sowed. He was, he was, he was responsible with it. He was generous with it. He did something with it. He was fruitful with it. Can I, let me encourage you, be fruitful with the grace that is on your life. Be fruitful with the resources that God's given you. Don't use it for your glory and your fame and your name and just your family alone, but use it for the kingdom of God and the glory of Jesus Christ. Not that you would get all the glory, but that he would get all the glory. Don't be idle when you're called to be fruitful. So the five turned into 10 and the two turned into four and the one, the one, the one, the uno. Sorry, I speak Spanglish. The one, you know what the Bible says about the one? The one sat on the one. Took the one and did nothing with it. Jesus tells this beautiful story when the landowner comes he says, wow, this is amazing what you did here. And I'm so pleased with what you did here. But this one right here, watch the character and the nature of God. God says, did you not understand my nature? My nature is I am not calling you to a life of idleness. I am calling you to a life of fruitfulness. I am calling you to give and love and sow and invest and be a part of the story of God, to be a part of what God's doing on this earth, to be a part of the church, which is the hope of the world, the hope for humanity, the local church. If you believe today that you want to be fruitful and you don't want to be idle, why don't you put your hands together right now and thank God today that you're committing to a lifestyle of being fruitful. Come on, if that's your prayer. I want to pray right now. In the middle of this sermon, I want to pray right now for anybody that has felt idle but wants to be fruitful. Lift up your hand right where you're sitting. God, I pray in the name of Jesus for every person that has sensed idleness in their life. And I declare fruitfulness in the name of Jesus that we're going to sow into the kingdom. We're going to invest into what you're doing in this earth. God, we declare use our talents, use our treasure, use our time, use our lives for your glory. We declare whether we have one, two, or five, we're going to invest it into the kingdom of God so that your name will get much glory in Jesus' name, and we all said together. Amen. amen and amen. Write down number four, and I hope this is encouraging you this morning. Everything we have is from God, so everything we give back is never wasted. Let me encourage you today. You may have a lot of money, but you didn't generate that. That was a gift from God. Your family is a gift from God. Your life is a gift from God. Your, your intellect is a gift from God. If you can write songs, that's a gift from God. If you can act or produce or write or direct or do whatever you do for a living, it is a gift from God. Everything, your house is a gift from God. Your health is a gift from God. Your intellect and your mind and the way it works, everything we have is from God. You are not the author. You are not the generator. You are not the creator. You are a recipient of the blessing and the favor of God. Is anybody thankful today that all you have comes from God. Everything you have. Today, if you sleep with a roof over your head, you ought to praise the Lord. Today, if you've got friends, you better thank God for your friends. Today, if you have a, a, a spouse, you better thank God that God has given you a spouse. We got single people in here going like, Jesus, help me. I'd kill for a spouse right now. 
I'm sick of Tinder in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Too much, mate. <laughs> Too close to home. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't even think that was going to be that funny, but thank you. And um, everything you have is from God. So watch how absurd God is. I heard this message recently by one of my heroes in the faith named Louis Giglio. He's in Atlanta. He talked about how absurd God is. How absurd is God? God, who has created everyone and everything. This is absurd. God creates everyone and everything. And yet, our God asks back for what he created from who he created. This is absurd. Remember in the Bible, the story, right? The, 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 they were about to enter into Jerusalem for, you know, the great triumphal entry. And this is what we celebrate Palm Sunday. And remember when Jesus came into Jerusalem, they threw the branches down and they shouted Hosanna in the highest. And, you know, they were all excited. And, and, but remember before he made the entry, before the palm branches, before Jerusalem and all that, by the way, when they got to Jerusalem and he was riding on some donkeys, remember the whole city was in a stir. The whole city was like, who in the world is this guy? He's 30 three years old. He's got, you know, he's tall, dark, and handsome. Who is this guy? Whole city was in a bus. But did you notice what happened before all this took place? Jesus says to his disciples, he goes, guys, go in the city. There's a guy, there's a dude. There's this, there's this one guy. He's got two donkeys. Go tell him the Lord needs it. Go tell this guy God needs, I need what belongs to me. Just, just tell him the Lord needs it. So these guys are like, um, well, you've asked us to do a few things. This might be the weirdest. So they go in the city. They're looking for a guy with two donkeys. They find the guy. They're like, hey, donkey man. God needs his donkeys back. We'll bring him back to you when he's done. He needs donkeys. He's going to die soon. Can he get his donkeys back? The guy's like, you're going to bring him back? Yeah, 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 yeah. He just needs them a little bit. Both of the donkeys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just... It's his thing. He wants donkeys. Can he get... Come on, bro, he created them. Can he just get them back for a minute? They take the donkeys back to Jesus. And Jesus, on this guy's donkeys, comes riding into the city on the generosity of a man who was obedient to God. And the whole city was in a stir because this man gave to God what belonged to God. Don't ever regret sowing into the kingdom because I'll tell you, your generosity is what's going to bring a stir into the city of Los Angeles that people are going to say, what is this Jesus that you have brought into the city? Come on, anybody thankful today that we get to be a part of being written into the plan of God? Don't ever, ever, ever get mad and think that you're wasting when you give to God. You get to be a part of the history and the storybooks of God's story. We, you and I, through our generosity, we're going to create a stir in Los Angeles and people like Adri and people like Victoria and people like you and I, that we're going to go and buy kids a bunch of sports equipment and take care of single moms and we're going to take mission trips and we're going to do things so that we can create a stir. It will not be by our stinginess. It will not be because we have reserve in our account. It will be because we chose to live a generous life and invest 
invest and sow and plant and give to the glory of God. Come on, if you're down and you're excited about it, why don't you make some noise on a Sunday morning at 10 a.m.? I'm going to invite the worship team to come back. Write down the fifth and the last final thought, if you would, this morning. But the fifth thing and the last thing I want to tell you today, God always wants to give you more. It just may not look like the more you were expecting. Can I encourage you today? God wants to give you so much more. But maybe the more that you've been wanting isn't the more that you've been needing. So many of us today were like, oh, prayer cards, sign me up for a job. Sign me up for a favor. Sign me up for a spouse. I want more. Maybe the more that God has for you is not the more that you've been expecting or wanting. Maybe it's the more that you really need. Where you've been saying, I need more money. And God's saying, no, you need more community. I need, I need more of this. And God's saying, what you need is, you need more of church in your life. I'm going to bring you into a community of believers. I need more of this. And God's saying, no, no, no. You actually need more of that because if you got what you're believing for, this might crush you, but this right here is good for the soul. Please hear me today that God wants to bless you. He wants to give to you. He wants to honor you. He wants to love you. He wants to give you more than you could ever ask, more than you could ever imagine, more than you could ever think God is going to give to you every single day. Our God has positioned himself as a blesser. He is the blesser. He is the one. He is the vision giver, the dream giver, the life giver. He is redemption. He is restoration. He is healing. He is grace. He is forgiveness. He's only going to give to you. Maybe today you ought to just change your position or posture. Say, maybe the thing that I've been wanting to get more of is not the thing that I need more of. Could you imagine? You wake up tomorrow morning, right there in your Gmail and your phone, God has emailed you. What if you got an invitation from heaven, whether it be in the mailbox or the email, and God has invited you into the world of the generous. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs that the world of the generous, put up on the screens if you would, why don't we stand and read this last verse? The world of the generous gets larger and larger. And the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed themselves. And those who help others, they are helped. Can we put that verse 24 back up? The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Let me just tell you, at Zoe Church, if you're a part of our community, you're saying, this is my home. I want to tell you that we're always going to be a generous church. We're always going to be those that err on the side. We're not going to portion out the appropriate amount for things. We're going to love ferociously. We're going to be gracious, gracious beyond measure. We're going to be those that are generous because we believe that God is generous and Jesus is generous and the Holy Spirit is generous and he has called us and beckoned us to the world of the generous. I do not want a church that lives in the world of the stingy, but may we be a church and a community that lives in the world of the generous. There's an invitation from heaven this morning. Come on, is anybody open to living in the world of the generous? It's going to cost you your time. It's going to cost you your treasure. It's going to cost you your talent. But today we say, God, I don't just want to give you my money. I give you my life. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. 
We hope you are inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.